0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. That is our goal. That is our goal. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners. With me in the KFG studio, certified financial planner, Josh Gregory, and special guest, certified financial planner, Matt Hoke, is back with us today as well.
1: Well, one of the themes that drove the stock market last year and is likely to be a theme for 2019, it's rising interest rates. So what does this mean to you and are there things that you should be doing differently within your financial life as rates go up? That and more on this week's episode.
0: Yeah. We've been getting lots of questions. If you've submitted one and they're still in the queue, uh, just be patient. There's a lot of questions coming in about the market and what to do and all of that. We'll be hitting some of that as we're talking about interest rates. As Josh said, they're very, very much connected. But if you have a question, reach out to us. You can do so in a couple ways. 574-222-2000. 574 That's how you reach us there by phone or text. 574-222-2000. Wisemoneyradio.com is the website. You can submit a question right there on the right. You can even listen to previous episodes. Last week was our um, full market review, investment review for 2018 and what's ahead for 2019. If you missed that, I'd encourage you, go to the website, go to the podcast, go to the YouTube channel and catch up. And that's the last way you can submit questions is on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You can subscribe, you can like, you can share, all that sort of stuff and leave questions, of course. All right, so Matt Hoke is back today. Thanks for being with us again, Matt. Um, Matt's one of our certified financial planners. He corrected me last week. He's been on the team for 11 years, not 10. and uh, But he's in leadership at uh, at KFG and the wealth management team, and he serves on our investment planning committee. We're glad to have him here. It's surprising that he's. this is his second time now on the show. I'm assuming that will happen more frequently. But <laughs> last week, we talked about uh, the stock market turbulence. And like Josh said... Interest rates are definitely one of the driving themes. I mean, the Fed and interest rates and and all of that. So if you're a student of some of this stuff, then you're aware that interest rates are on the rise. Even if you're not and you listen to some financial headlines, you might have heard that. But I got to tell you, when I was first starting my career, the, the term interest rate means tons of different things. What in the world does that mean? And so we're going to start there, but then talk about, well in a rising interest rate environment, what does that mean to you? What should you be doing? But but first, what are we talking about with interest rates? Why is that so important? What interest rate do we even care about? Yeah, well, we care about all of them,
1: but usually when you hear uh, the media present interest rates are on the rise, they're usually talking about the Federal Reserve. And the Fed, their whole job is to monitor our banking system, monitor the amount of cash that's in our economy, and use all the powers that they can to accomplish two things. Do you know what they are? I'll give you a hint. It is not to make your 401k go up every quarter. Oh, man. Right? They're actually tasked, their mandate from Congress is to try to keep the economy operating at full employment. Mm -hmm. Anybody who can and wants to have a job should have a job is is the mentality. And the other uh, mandate is to try to maintain stable prices, and that's code for try to fight against inflation. Uh, what can happen over time as we all know is life keeps getting more and more expensive. Our dollar just doesn't go as far as it used to. That's inflation happening before our eyes and the Fed's job is to help the economy grow without inflation running rampant. Yeah. The tools that they use, one of their their strongest tools for uh, either spurring on economic growth or maybe even tapping the brakes are their ability to influence interest rates. And there's one in particular that uh, I wanna educate you on. You may have read or you may have heard someone talking about the federal funds rate Now, what in the world is that? That is actually the interest rate that banks lend to each other overnight. To meet their
0: deposit requirements.
1: Exactly. Every night, the banks have to balance the books, and they have certain requirements for amount of cash that they have in reserves. And if they're short on cash or short on uh, funds in, in their coffers, so to speak, they can get it from another bank and it's all just kind of done electronically um, through the Fed, but the interest rate that they charge to one another overnight is called the federal funds rate. It is literally the shortest loan that can happen in our economy officially, right? right? It's
0: hours long, not days. And so the reason why we care about that is that's designed or that's thought of as, well, that then has a trickle-down effect, that that overnight loan rate is going to impact 30-day loan rates one-year loan rates, five-year loan rates, 10-year and 30-year. And the interesting thing that's happening right now, it's it's really interesting what we're gonna get into if you're a nerd like me. Your savings, you're seeing interest rate changes, but long-term rates, 20 and 30 years, really haven't changed that much. All those other rates, other than that overnight rate, is dictated by open markets. So buying and selling, trading, that sort of stuff. And right now, things are sort of flattening.
1: That's right. What Mike is referencing is a term in in our industry called the yield curve. And the basic concept is those really, really short-term loans overnight between banks that I was just referring to, it would make sense that that would be a really low interest rate that they would charge each other because there's not a lot of risk involved. The money's not tied up for very long, literally, again, hours, not, not days. But if you were to lend money to a friend or buy a CD at the bank, uh, or, or some other short-term loan in our, in our economy, you would expect that it would be a little bit higher interest rate, and you would want even more interest rate uh, uh, reward, if you will, if you were to lend for even longer periods. So it is normal that the longer the loan is, the higher the interest rate would be. The problem is sometimes we can get into environments like this one where things kind of get a little unnatural and the short-term stuff can be paying almost as much as the long-term stuff. And the reason I say it's unnatural um, is it, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to lend money on a short-term basis and get as much reward as those those long-term. It is usually a precursor of a recession, as we said in our last show.
0: That's almost, that's almost a segue, Josh, almost. We're gonna talk about what the this interest rate environment means to you as an investor, as a saver, and as a borrower. But hopefully with that explanation, you can kind of see how important interest rates are. They play a really big role in our economy. As interest rates go up, it might be more expensive for you to buy a house. Um, I know one thing, The government in their deficit has to pay more interest. I I don't know if you looked at some of those stats for right now versus a year ago versus a few years ago, how much money our government is paying just in interest on their loans. It is astounding. It is just astounding. Rising interest rates just means more of that's going to happen as well. So it's extremely, interest rates are extremely, extremely important. All right. With that lesson, what does this mean to you? broke it down into three camps. If you're an investor, what does a rising interest rate environment mean to you?
1: Well, if you're an investor, most likely you are an owner of maybe mutual funds or stocks. You essentially are a business owner. You own a small piece of a world-class corporation or maybe hundreds of them. Those corporations are borrowers quite often. They borrow money to build a factory or to open up new distribution centers, that kind of thing. And usually they're borrowing um, in, in a, in a um, kind of recycling type of, of pattern. They're, they're often refinancing that debt along the way. And so every seven years, let's say, they may have to refinance their debt. And if they're refinancing from crazy low interest rates before, now they're going to be higher, and that higher interest cost eats into the profits of their business.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And a a business that now has a headwind against it that may be eroding some of their profits, that stock may not be quite as valuable as it once was, potentially.
2: Yeah, so it affects you there on that side when you're talking about your investments, but it could also affect the pocketbook when you go to the store to buy something, right? Because if they have higher costs for financing, and they're going to offset that some way, which generally is they're gonna raise their prices on whatever it is they're manufacturing, producing, and selling to us. Good point. So you might actually feel that in two different ways.
0: Yeah, and if and if someone else, if another company, a competitive of theirs, does not have to borrow, and now their product is a little bit cheaper than this other person who raised their price, that might influence how much their revenue is and so on. So you can see this can drastically, interest rate changes can drastically influence the trajectory of an actual company and the value of it based on its share price. So. Um, We've only been talking about one side of an investor's um, portfolio, if you will. Interest rates have a huge impact on bonds. We're gonna talk about that. But then I also wanna talk about the current climate. Josh, you mentioned the yield curve. So what does this mean for investing in general as well? So we've got a lot more to hit about a rising interest rate environment. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. With interest rates on the rise and the Fed raising interest rates, whether you like that or not, whether you know what I mean or not, what's that mean to you? Interest rates going up, what's it mean to you? If you're an investor in stocks, what's it mean? If you're an investor in bonds, what's it mean? If you just have money in the savings account, what's it mean? And if you're borrowing, if you're getting a mortgage, if you're going to buy a car, on loan, what's it mean? That's what we are hitting today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory and Matt Hoke. I want to say thank you to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're going to be tackling some questions from fans of the show later on in the show. If you have questions, reach out to us. 574 You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. Submit a question right there on the right. And then all over social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, just search wise Money Radio. All right. So we explained why interest rates are so important. We explained what this Fed funds interest rate is and how all that moves. We've been touched on the yield curve, but as an investor in stocks and also in bonds, what does this mean? interest rates rising, interest rate, the Fed raising interest rates. What does that mean? Well, let's, let's get one uh, point clear here. It is important for
1: investors to recognize that the stock market is a predictor of where the economy is going. That is counterintuitive. Normally, we would think, hey, if the economy is doing well, then the stock market will do well if the economy starts to falter then the stock market will falter but that's not actually how it works they both move through a roller coaster ride of their own but they are independent and they are separate and they don't happen simultaneously the stock market actually begins its fall before the economy gets weak
0: it actually begins it to rise before the economy officially strengthens.
1: Exactly. That's what we mean by a leading economic indicator. It's a predictor of where the overall economy is headed, not a verifier of where it's been. So why does that matter? This is part of the reason why uh, investors, especially in the stock market, are often watching the Federal Reserve to see what they're doing with interest rates. The Federal Reserve has uh, an accelerator pedal and a brake. Uh, as they're trying to drive the economy. And by lowering interest rates, they're trying to accelerate things. They're trying to spur on economic growth by creating an environment where it's easy for uh, consumers to borrow money, to buy houses. It's easy for corporations to borrow money to make investments in their, their business and everything. And and to do it at very favorable interest rates, all that spurs on economic growth. But the opposite can be true as well. The Fed has the power to slow down the economy if they fear that it's getting a little out of out of control. If it starts getting too hot, so to speak, and uh, they fear that maybe uh, inflation starts to to kick in, they can actually try to slow down the economy. So, as an investor, we we, we said in our in our show last week that. Uh, the, watching the Fed in 2019 is an important theme because it's often an indicator of how the economy is either growing or slowing. And you as an investor will feel that in your stock market type investments.
0: Mm-hmm. The Fed influences the federal funds rate, and that's the shortest rate on this graph called a yield curve. And when that yield curve, when when short-term rates go up and long-term rates really stay the same, that can flatten. And sometimes, in really peculiar times, short-term rates can actually be a little bit higher than long-term rates. And Josh has said that just is a sign of things are not normal. Well, when that happens when a particular couple um invert, then usually that's been a pretty good predictor of a recession on the horizon about 12 to 14 months before, but the stock market's already moving and it's not a perfect recession predictor either. Um, But a lot of people have looked at that and that's something else as a stock investor or as an investor you're aware of when it comes to a rising interest rates. What about bonds, Matt? If you're an investor, likely you have mutual funds in both stocks and bonds, what's a rising interest rate world mean to bond investors?
2: If you're a bond investor and interest rates rise, uh, what that means is that the prices of your bonds are going to drop um, because they have an inverse relationship. So as interest rates go up, bond prices come down. And so that environment may not be the best possible place or the best possible time to own just bonds so that's why you really want to have a diversified portfolio because if you have a diversified portfolio if part of your portfolio and bonds may be dropping in price you might have some other things in your portfolio that are lifting them up and so the diversification can really help you regardless of what's going on because like we've talked about before you don't know what's going to happen right
1: that that right there is one of the most important truths that we're ever going to say this weekend You don't know what's gonna happen. I tell you what, interest rates have made me look foolish for most of my career because there have been so many times when I've said, boy, interest rates are at historical lows, they couldn't possibly go any lower, they can only go up from here. Nope, they go lower sometimes. And it is difficult to predict where interest rates are gonna go because there are so many different crosswinds, there's so many different forces at work here. I'll give you an example. Right now, interest rates here in the US are about 2.2% better than they are around the rest of the, the globe. Now what does that mean? If you were an investor in Germany and you had a decision to make, hey, I wanna put some money to work, I can lend it to my German government or I could go buy some bonds in the US, if the US is paying so much better, you're gonna go buy US investments. So money is constantly moving around the globe trying to find the best rate of return and there are a lot of dollars still flooding into this country because our interest rates are better. Mm-hmm. And what does that do when there is strong demand for anything, whether that is, you know, uh, the the new, um, m- you know, Air Jordans, uh, or I'm going way yeah, back. Yeah, you dated yourself there. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, if there's strong demand for anything, the price goes up. Yeah. And here in the U.S., if there continues to be strong demand for our bonds, it can actually hold some interest rates. Often, the longer interest rates low. And that's what creates some of these weird environments that um, we call the the inverted yield curve or the upside down yield curve. It's when the world goes backwards or upside down on interest rates, it often is a sign that a recession could be coming. Yep.
0: Okay, so I was looking at an article about, uh, that came out right after December 19 when the Fed raised interest rates and made the market freak out. And uh, it, it talked about the seven benefits Of the fed raising rates and the very first one impacts you if you're a saver if you're a saver so we talked about what it means if you're an investor now if you're a saver you might be shocked to hear are you sitting down if you're driving i sure hope you're sitting down (laughs) you might have a higher return a higher interest rate on your savings account you just might so this might be beneficial for savers, a higher interest rate. If you've got money in the bank, means you should be getting paid more on giving that money to the bank.
1: Absolutely. You know there there are many uh, high yield type savings vehicles now. High yield is a relative term, right? We've gone from earning almost nothing on your bank accounts to now a good one. You, you should be earning something closer to two percent, maybe even just over two percent
0: on a high yield. bank account. Now those same high yield bank accounts two years ago were 0.75. Right.
1: Right. Right. So, you know, more than doubling the, the return in a relatively short amount of time is fantastic. If you've got cash that you need to be holding in savings for emergencies, that sort of thing. Um, this is money that you just need to keep liquid. You're not going to get wealthy on these accounts, right? But it's, it's a promising sign you know it's it's a positive news when at least you're earning a little something on those savings account because it's a sign that things are coming back to a little bit more of uh, a normal environment
0: that that's right and so um it's just about tax time you might have earned some interest on these accounts for the first time in years so make sure you might have forgotten oh those things pay interest wait <laughs> and I've got to claim that on my tax return yeah make sure you grab that 1099 but I have, you know, I, I, it hasn't influenced how much I've kept in the bank, but it's enjoyable to see that my emergency fund is actually making some meaningful interest. And so every couple of months you can just pull that interest out of there and buy some new Air Jordans. Just kidding, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, so there's there's other ways that a rising interest rate impacts savers, but then also, and, and this is the big one, is what if you're a borrower? What if you're a borrower? Rising interest rates certainly impact you. We'll break that down and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Fed is raising interest rates, whether you like it or not. What does it mean for you? That's what we're hitting on today's episode. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. As usual, in the KFG studio, Joshua Gregory joins me, along with special guest, certified financial planner Matt Hoke. Thank you, Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for making the Wise Money Show possible. Thank you very much. If you have any questions about interest rates, about what this all means to you, last week we were talking about the market, and of course interest rates are driving the market. If you have any questions, reach out to us. We'd love to help. We can hit it on an upcoming show as well. 574-222-2000. You can call or text us, 574 574- 222-2000. You can find us on social media. Every episode right there on the YouTube channel. We link to it on Facebook as well. And so just search Wise Money Radio. You can even submit questions that way as well. Lastly, call or text 574 you have a quick question you want to share with us, just give us a call. Send us a text 574 So with interest rates on the rise, we talked about what that means for you if you're an investor and it could mean a couple different things, and it's really, really driving what's going on in the market these days. Um, And we certainly will, as we see what the Fed does moving forward through 2019. But what does it mean for you if you're a saver? And we mentioned that, well, it does mean that you're actually probably getting some interest now, and that interest has probably gone up on your savings account, especially a high-yield savings but there's one other important part and it's connected to that for savers. Josh mentioned that the mandate of the Federal Reserve, they have really two goals and one of them is to manage inflation. And I think if you're a saver, seeing interest rates go up is probably a welcome sign because in a way that does, it tames inflation, right? I mean, Josh, you mentioned there at the break, for the first time in a long time, if you're using a high yield savings account, your savings account you're getting interest that just about keeps up with inflation just about we haven't had that in over a decade right
1: yeah that's exactly right you know it, any money sitting in the bank or under the mattress or in a safe or something like that it was really losing ground for you it its spending power was declining with time that cash wouldn't go as far today as it would 2 years ago but now, if you're actually earning a little something on your bank accounts, uh, maybe you're at least treading water with that cash.
0: Well, and you mentioned the uh, the mattress. Now, I've got this nice fancy chart in front of me um, on how $10,000 can grow over time. And I'll just tell you, $10,000 under your mattress <laughs> in five years will still be $10,000. Sorry. Sorry about that. But a high-yield savings account uh, in 10 years, that $10,000 could become 12 grand. Now, again, like Josh said, you're not going to be making you're not going to be wealthy off of that. But the dollars in your savings account aren't intended to make you wealthy, it's to keep you from going poor when life throws curveballs. And so, but you're actually earning an interest that's keeping up with inflation, that's good.
1: Absolutely. The the issue though is anytime you have money sitting in the bank, even if it's earning 2% and we're applauding that you're earning something, the question is, do you have the right amount of money in the bank? And there are some folks who, out of fear, out of just being conservative, maybe they actually have more cash in the bank than is necessary. And it's still possible that you would argue that earning 2% is still lazy money, even though interest rates have been on the rise. And the, the situation that I would point to is if it's someone who still has credit card debt.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, if you are paying more interest on credit card debt than what you're earning on money in the bank, money that doesn't necessarily need to be there for an emergency fund or some other thing that needs to happen, it might be wise to take some of that excess cash and use that to pay off the debt that is actually costing you more than what you might actually be making on that money in the bank
0: don't totally rob your say we, we didn't just say no. you shouldn't have anything in savings that's just right if you have too much and so how do you know financial planning mm-hmm. financial plan that is how you know how much you should have in savings and whether you should use those dollars to attack but as a borrower yeah rising interest rates not necessarily good news
1: you're, you're exactly right Consider this. Here's a little factoid for you. The average credit card balance in this country is $6,375. So maybe you're calibrating right now. Hey, am I above average or (laughs) below average there? The average interest rate is over 17%. That means that if you're just carrying a balance, if you're just average... You're carrying a balance that's charging you 17%. That's $1100 per year, almost $100 a month that you're bleeding in in cash. I guarantee you, no matter how spectacular your bank account is, it is not keeping up with that rate. Right. In fact, you need significantly more money sitting in the bank to even come close to matching the interest that you're bleeding if you're carrying a credit card balance. So this rising interest rate environment, it needs to be a wake-up call for you if you've been carrying credit card debt, you've been able to maintain it because you were getting lots of hours at work or your income was rising, no big deal, right? Well, any kind of slowdown at work may affect your income if the interest rates are rising, you may really start feeling a squeeze on the budget just because of this interest rate uh, hike that's that's happening naturally all around us.
0: Other interest rates that impact you as a borrower. So I think next of mortgages. And now mortgage rates. Those are um, usually you know. So the federal funds rate. That's the overnight loan rate. Mortgage rates play off of a different interest rate, a little bit longer down on the yield curve. Um, So we've seen those fluctuate a lot, but we haven't seen those just automatically rise. They were rising quite a bit though last year. And so I just would tell you in a rising interest rate environment, likely, even though it's not perfectly correlated, likely your mortgage rate could be higher as well. And if you're going to be buying a house, and you're basing how much house you can buy off of your budget, and how much you can afford on a monthly basis, rising interest rates means you might be buying less house.
2: That's exactly right. You're paying more in interest, which adds to the overall payment. So you might not be able to afford as much house as you could before. And it also affects other things. Like if you're going to go look for a car and you plan to finance some of that car, you're gonna pay a higher interest rate potentially. And it could even affect just a personal loan that you might get at the bank for any reason. If interest rates are going up, the rate at which they're going to lend you money is going to be going up to some extent over time. So all of these things just mean that it might cost you more to borrow money.
1: I just encountered something that I hadn't seen in years. And I'm I'm curious whether you guys have seen this. Uh, I found someone who has an adjustable rate mortgage. Sometimes we call it an arm. What an adjustable rate mortgage is, is when you go to buy a house or you refinance, sometimes they'll give you a lower kind of introductory rate for some period of time. Maybe it's a five year period of time or a seven year period where the interest rate is lower than normal. But then after that time period expires, if you still have the loan, if you haven't sold that house or you haven't paid off the mortgage, then the interest rate becomes unlocked and it starts to float with normal interest rates. And so if you have an adjustable rate mortgage, you may have some kind of ticking time bomb on your hands here where that interest rate could reset upward and keep drifting higher as interest rates go up. And for this particular client, unfortunately, there wasn't enough time to get them refinanced into a fixed rate mortgage that will never change for them. So instead, thankfully, they have the cash flow uh, ability to try to get really aggressive on that mortgage. It's one of their goals anyway, to be debt free and hopefully get it down to a manageable level or maybe even gone by the time that interest rate starts to, to flex on them.
0: A close friend of the adjustable rate mortgage is the home equity line of credit. That also has a variable interest rate and they used to, I thought what you were gonna ask Josh is if, have you seen someone be able to lock in the interest rate on their line of credit? I haven't seen the lock of feature yeah, not as now. prevalent uh, with, with banks and probably because banks are assuming interest rates are gonna be going up from they here. don't so want you they don't want in, you locking works. but but be aware of that Cindy and I did a little house project um, oh a year and a half ago or so and we did some of that on a home equity line and I at the beginning of 2018 we refinanced that into a fixed rate simply because I wanted to lock rates in when they're low. so be aware if you've got a home equity line this isn't you know it's not a shame this is just well get an aggressive plan to pay that off. Um, because you know interest rates are going to be going up or find a way to lock it in and, and refinance it to a fixed rate. What do you do with all this? Interest rates are going up. You likely are an investor. You're likely a saver. You're likely a borrower as well. What does all of this mean? How do you tie it together? And we've got a couple questions as well we're going to hit. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at RE-MAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFC studios, Joshua Gregory and special guest, Certified Financial Planner Matt Hope, Kevin Corhorn will be back with us, I believe, next week. Um, if you've missed anything, there's several ways that you can catch up on this episode and all previous episodes. My favorite is the YouTube channel. You can subscribe to it. Uh, just uh, search Wise Money Radio, and you can submit questions that way as well. But you, every episode right there on the YouTube channel. Other content there as well. Uh, also, podcasts. We get questions from fans of the show occasionally and and they often reference that when they're driving around they're listening to the podcast and that's great. So you can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Wise Money with CoreHorn Financial Group. That's CoreHorn with a K. And then lastly, there is an online media player on the website. Go to wisemoneyradio.com and if you've got the page open and you're want to listen that way, you can just listen. I think the previous 10 episodes are right there but then you can get access to all of them as well just by clicking a button. So if you have any questions, you can contact, contact us each of those ways as well. And lastly, you can call or text 574-222-2000, that's 574-222-2000. All right, before we jump into a great, great question here from Bob, um, we've been talking about rising interest rates, what that means to the markets, what that means to you as a saver, and then lastly, what that means to you as a borrower. All right, let's put it all together. What are what are the key takeaways? What are the action items?
2: So I have a couple that I could talk about. One of them is to make sure as an investor that you are diversified and you are doing systematic rebalancing. Mm because we don't know exactly what's gonna happen with interest rates and we don't know exactly what's gonna happen with the market, but if you own a diversified portfolio, you are best prepared to deal with whatever does come. And then by rebalancing, you're giving yourself the opportunity to sell the winners and buy the losers and find opportunities along the way. So it's a great thing to do as an investor. As someone who might be a borrower, I would say look to lock in rates for loans or mortgages that you're going to need sooner rather than later if that makes sense because you're getting the best rate now if interest rates are going to go up which yeah. some are predicting they might in yeah. 2019.
0: If if you've been looking at a house, I mean buying houses are it's it's emotional. I mean it was for us, I know it I know it is for you. It's emotional. So, if you're looking at a house and rates are now higher, and you you love you've fallen in love with a certain house, and you say, "Gosh, I can't I can't afford that payment now," um, I would I would tell you don't be tempted to jump into an adjustable rate mortgage just mm-hmm. to make it fit. Um, I, I I agree with you, Matt. Look for ways to lock in your interest rates. You know, there's a potential lock in that could start
1: happening as the market continues to spook investors. Um, often after a a major decline in the markets, what starts happening is there are a lot of sales folks out there pushing certain products like fixed annuities or uh, something called an equity indexed annuity. They are sold heavily right after a market storm. Yeah, And it's probably similar to someone coming through the neighborhood selling uh, hurricane shutters right after the hurricane just blew through. Mm-hmm. And often people, um, you know, they, they they panic and they say, I'm never going to live through this again. That scared me. And uh, they start buying up investments that are promised to them that, hey, you'll never lose money in this. It can't go down in value. There's lots of guarantees that are that are thrown around in these and it may not be the right time for you a decision like that to use a new tool that maybe you're not familiar with should never be made on a whim it should never be based on fear it should be based on an overall plan that is ultimately the message of today's show it's the message of every day's show um, you know, this is a show that is trying desperately to train you to view your financial life through a financial planning lens. You have important goals that you're trying to achieve in your life. Some of them will be helped by rising interest rates. Some will be hurt by rising interest rates. But as we've been talking about, what does is, what is a rising interest rate environment mean for an investor or a lender or a borrower or a saver? What you need to be hearing is what does it mean for me? personally and the only way to answer that is by carefully considering what does the future hold for you based on your financial plan so i would invite you if you have not sought out the help of a professional advisor a certified financial planner and you don't know who to call contact us reach out to us we would happy to we would be happy to connect you with someone who can coach you along the way and figure out how to take advantage of whatever the future is going to hold for you
0: because i i I mean Knowing, well, how's it gonna impact this and should you lock in things? I mean, that's that's your certified financial planner's job. You know, the other takeaway I was going to suggest is consider if you've got money just piling up in your checking account, consider using a high interest, high yield savings account. You guys know my rules, I'll state it again. Your emergency fund, your savings needs to be FDIC insured. It needs to be free and it needs to be liquid outside of those things, go get the highest interest rate you can. Okay. And, but, but your certified financial planner is going to be the one educating you on that and helping you get that and helping to get that in place for you. So Josh, yep. You you rang the bell again. So, all right, let's transition. We got a great question from Bob. He's four to three from new Carlisle fan of the show. Here's what he said. Both of our kids attend private school for middle school. My wife and I haven't always had the money to consistently add money to their 529 plan but with the changes to 529 plans, we're thinking we should, even if it's just for private school tuition. What are your thoughts?
2: You wanna tackle that one? Yeah, absolutely, I'll take it. Uh, I think it can make a lot of sense to use the 529 plan for K through 12 education, especially with the new year upon us because the new year in 2019 in Indiana even gives you a better benefit than you got in 2018. Because in 2018, when you made your contribution, the maximum credit you could get for K through 12 was $500. And now in 2019, it matches the same credit that you can get for post-secondary education expenses of $1,000. So if you have $5,000 of private school tuition, if you use the 529 plan to help pay for that, in 2019, you are eligible for that full 20% credit, which is a maximum credit of $1,000 on your Indiana state tax return.
0: I mean, th- this this opens up the, the uh, so if you've been funding your 529 for college and you look and say, oh no, but I'm paying private school for middle school and I should just start taking some of this money out. I'd be careful there again, be working with your certified financial planner because you might make cash flow a little bit easier today. And then if your goal is to help significantly with college, you might be rating the college fund.
2: Absolutely. Actually, I, I read an article about this just recently where it talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have K through 12 expenses and then post-secondary expenses, potentially set up two different 529 plans. One that is for those long-term post-secondary Education expenses because you can continue to fund that and let those be invested differently because they're further out in the future and then have a separate account for those K through 12 expenses that you can uh, get the credit for today for those expenses that you have today that you might be cash flowing.
1: Yeah, I, I, the way that I read this question from Bob was that I mean, you're, you're making the payments for the private school right now. Yes. You may as well run it through the 529 plan on its way to the school. Yeah. So that you can get your credit. You're an Indiana resident, so uh, th- there's some free uh, tax savings on your Indiana return available to you. The question then is, is there anything that you can be doing to simultaneously be accumulating money for the college years so you don't lose sight of that? I've had some families tell me, you know what, our investment in our kids' education was their private K-12 through yep. education. It set them up to do better in college, and that was our investment. They're on their own for college.
0: That I, might be you. I've heard that a lot, actually. And, yeah, I mean, that's that, if that's your plan, go after it. That's right. But – Consider this, if you are funneling that
1: money through a 529 plan for K through 12 education, and you're saving yourself now this year, $1,000 on your Indiana return, I would challenge you to be disciplined to capture that $1,000 worth of savings and put that at least towards the college savings. Love it. It's uh, it's money that the, the state is helping you with that future expense.
0: All right, the final thing that's tricky about this is what do you do with this money when you put it in? If it's for short term, You've got to align your investment decisions with your time horizon. So if this is short term money and Bob, for you, if you're going to put it in and then take it out shortly thereafter, you can't really invest that money. I mean, it's just, there's too much fluctuation, especially on the day to day right now that you can see. And so you've got to invest it in the, in the lower risk. So great question, Bob. Hopefully, hopefully that was helpful. That is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for being with us. On behalf of special guest Matt Hope, Josh Gregory, and myself, and all of us on the Corhorn Financial Group team, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Join business as Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Wealth Management, LLC, and Silver Oak Securities, Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.